Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Gene Bereson. And I'm Steve Schlossman, and today we're very fortunate to have with us a guest, Dr. Ellen Broughton, who is the Associate Director of the Clay Center, along, along with me, actually. We share yes. the same title. Um, and she is here to help us talk about, what are we talking about? Well, today we're going to be talking about, well, Valentine's Day is coming up. And we're going to be talking about loving relationships because, you know, we've seen all these commercials on TV, all this love and schmaltz and hearts and all this stuff. But, you know, let's just talk about loving relationships and let's start with family. Wait, you before know, we even get there, what, I, Ellen, I like you yeah. very much. Yeah. Why do we need Ellen for this? Like, what is the purpose of having Ellen for this particular discussion? We well, one of the things we're going to talk about, I hope, and by the way, this is, this is not simple. I mean, this is really complicated, but there are incredible differences between romantic and loving relationships between men and women, boys and girls, mm -hmm. right? You haven't answered my question yet, though. Well, she's different than you or me. The girl part. Yes. Woman part. <laughs> right. Yes, okay. because we look but, uh, at loving relationships differently. Okay, that's right. Maybe. That's there is a difference between so men I, and women, between okay. boys and girls, yes. and part of it is our genetics and part of it is the way we're socialized and part of it is lots of other things but we have to have somebody else represent. Yeah, so I, would, I couldn't speak for women. Yes, yeah, so this is a bit of my leading the witness no. but I wanted to make sure that we make it clear that we understand this potentially for cultural and biological reasons Absolutely. differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. and that's so let's get complicated here. So we all we know that we have loving relationships and families, right? Let, let's go beyond, let's, let's not get to romance first. As of this morning, it was a loving relationship. <laughs> okay. You never know. But, but, yeah. but, but as of this morning, because there are conflicts, right? There are conflicts in families. So how do we love each other and hate each other? Because, you know, when I ask the medical students or some of my patients to come in, do you love and hate your parents? And the answer is always yes. Well, how can you love and hate somebody at the same time? And how can it still be a warm, loving relationship overall, right? Okay, how do we deal with that kind of conflict? I'm, I'm still working on it. What do you do? Yeah, what do I do? Well, I think that it, it that love and hate uh, shouldn't be equal, first of all. So yes, maybe your medical students do say they have both, and most of us might say that at one point or another, but the love should be a much bigger slice of the pie than the, yeah. than the hate. Um, That's gotta be a 70s I, song. Think so. Love is a much bigger slice, like by Seals and Croft or someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll definitely. We'll write it afterwards. Yeah. Keep going. Um, and, and I think that that's a lifetime goal. I mean, that's a lifetime thing that it's it, it sort of like part of being in a relationship in a family is negotiating that, negotiating that on a daily basis, like you were yeah. saying, like this morning, things were good. Tonight they might not be, and then over a lifetime. But you know, the other thing is, the other thing is, is that the most important sign of love, for example, among, for a two-year-old or a three-year-old, is by saying no. You can't put the light, the fork in the light socket. You can't pull the cat's tail. You can't do something. You, you, you know. So I mean, some of the you know troubled adolescents, the delinquents that have come in and I've seen over the years, have said to me, it's not that someone didn't say they didn't love me, it, that there was nobody around who cared enough to say no and basically punish me and for me to make up and make amends and say I'm sorry. Because if I have nobody to say I'm sorry to, then you know who is there for me to love? Would you say the same thing goes for um, romantic relationships too? Yeah, I think romantic relationships get closer if 
people can have a good fight and kiss and make up. So I think in, in all of these cases, one of the things that is a source of conflict and also a source of um, connectedness. connectedness is actually being separate. And so some of the things that, that I think uh, are conflicted, you know, saying no um, is one of those things that really gets kids upset or not saying no, not having limits. But part of that is the idea that you are teaching that child to be a separate person, an independent person. You're saying no to them because you want them to internalize that themselves. And I think that relationships get complicated when we don't have that separateness within our within, within ourselves, whether yeah. a parent um, is disappointed because that child wasn't who she wanted him to be or she what, wanted her to be. Like, or so I, I think that's part of it. And I think some of the disappointments we have maybe with our own family members is like, I don't like who they are because I, it's not, doesn't fit my needs. It's not, not who me. I want them to be. They don't have my belief system. And so I think being able to be present in a relationship means being whole yourself and also being able to see them as a separate and to individual. Be loved, and to be loved for who you are yes. and not who you should be. Right, yes. so it's interesting, I was, um, the reason I was laughing here is like I was thinking of, uh, first of all, the, some of the kids I see in my practice and also my, my own kind of experiences in high school with like that first time you really fall for somebody, you actually don't know where you end and they begin. Like that, like you are sure that's your soulmate. Like, like that's the person, the only person that will ever exist. And actually one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a parent is to say, oh, you know, honey, I know this hurts, but there's other people out there. So that's like an empathic failure, right? right. There's nobody else. And in, then I was reading some literature on it. And if you look at people in the uh, adults in the early stage of falling for one another, it's not just that they ignore their disagreements, they have no disagreements. They, they, that comes later. That usually happens one to two to three months. It's the difference between connected love and affiliative love. So this I, Wait, connected love. So and, they talk about affiliative, affiliative love is when you actually have to sort of work work through your differences. Yeah, in the beginning, it's you might say, but wait a minute, you voted for mud. You voted for and like, no, we didn't. You're like, Are you, have you lost your mind? And it is a kind of psychosis. I and mean, that's what the poets tell us. And it is that it's it's being that one that and that's sometimes held up as the ultimate to be one. Two people become one when they become married. Which when you're one, you don't have any separateness. You right. are you are all you are, are one vision. And that's one why person. when you see these kids in the setting of a like a breakup, their first breakup, it's as if someone's died because part of them has died. They merged, mm -hmm. which I know sounds very shrinky. So attached. But yeah. it but it's true. Yeah. 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 And so so let me ask you this. We're speaking about, about romance, now that we've moved from the family to kind of romantic relationships. Um, is there a difference between um, girls and boys in terms of their involvement in a romantic relationship and in a breakup? I thought or, you were just going to say girls and boys and then we would have to... Well, I, no, I'm not yeah. going there. Okay. But it, I'm just wondering, what you think about this is that is there a difference between a romantic relationship from the standpoint of a girl and a standpoint of a boy, and a breakup from the standpoint of the girl and the standpoint of the boy. So I don't really know of any information about how they handle breakups. I don't know if you do, but, but I think they are equally as, um, their, their feelings about being torn apart, I think are equal. Um, they may deal with it very differently. So how and do they deal with it differently? So you were saying earlier. Yeah, so, it, so the, girls talk to each other. 
I mean, yeah. that's just, that's not like my being. First of all, we have to be wary. These are gargantuan generalizations, yeah. and there will be boys who behave in the ways that we're saying girls more often do, and girls who behave in the way that boys more often do, and that's totally fine. But if you look at the data, girls are much more likely to bring that kind of emotional distress to their best friend and to say, you know, this horrible thing happened. And talk about it. And talk about it, right. They're, they're much more likely actually to be physically comfortable with each other, like to put their arms around each other, to say, I love you. You don't, you just don't hear boys in this culture. Other cultures you do hear that, um, but in this culture you so don't. So in this culture, the boys go out and, and what, shoot hoops? That, that is, so in one of the studies, they looked at girls and they looked at boys following some sort of uh, horrible um, event where they wanted, went to each other for comfort. The girls sat down and talked. The boys went and shot baskets. The initial conclusion was the boys can't deal with this. But then in the standardized assessments afterwards where they said, hey, how are you doing afterwards? They were equally doing better. So the question really was, should we like be asking boys to learn how to talk with each other better? Personally, I think we probably should because it's not such a bad thing to do. But we shouldn't stop them from going to shoot hoops when they need that with each other too. They're doing what for biological and cultural reasons is the thing that's been prescribed for them well, you to know, do. Things, but, but the socialization, we're talking about the socialization of boys versus girls. But over the years, it's changed. And it's changing. So, for example, you know, in, in, in athletic events, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, you'd never see guys hugging each other and crying. And now, in the NCAA finals, you, whether it's football or basketball or you name it, they're crying, they're hugging, they're kissing each other. It's kind of like this love fest. They love each other. They're expressing real love for each other in mm, a way. I don't know. I think sometimes they're expressing their own... I, that, that might be true, but I think in some ways they're expressing their own disappointment in the outcome as opposed to... Well, you're talking uh, about and, if they lost. Yeah, and if they... I don't know. I guess what, when hearing that, and I think you're exactly right, the, things have changed. Like they, they when, would, when, when we were kids, you, you want, never you, saw a man cry on, on any, in no, any sporting event ever. No, he was running for vice but president, I cried and had to step yeah, down. Yeah. I, yeah. But I don't see that having made any changes in male-female relationships. I don't, in fact, we might argue that the opposite has occurred. Like, it's, it's hard to pinpoint that. Yeah. Um, we'd need real statistics, but I don't feel like, fem because guys are feeling free to cry about their own loss or whatever, I don't see that transferring into, now they're more there for a woman. Um, did you say they're for? Uh, yeah, they no, they're they're for present or for a partner. Um, I don't, you know, it, it seems like violence is up against women. Um, so these two things don't seem to run in parallel to I, me. Well, I think I think yeah, it's a it's a really interesting topic to think about because I, it feels like the culture itself is in conflict with itself. We have certain values that we stand by, believe, and will on paper adhere to but then our behavior doesn't always reflect that and often doesn't reflect that as we've seen in the news lately, um, which, is, which is, you know, a distance away from wanting to talk about love, yes. but it's, yeah. but yeah. you yeah. can't but not bring it up. things can change, and you said some things haven't changed, uh, but some things have, well, first of all, the fact that this involves socialization and the way we raise our kids, should we be thinking of how we can raise our girls and our boys to have more warm, loving, expressive relationships, or 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 do, do we let this thing just kind of ride on its own? Like there are a lot of parents that are going to be watching and listening to this, 
that want to know, like, what do I, what do I, how do I, how do I raise my boys and my girls, and, and what do I do? What can I do? What can I do to kind of make their relationships healthier? Because isn't that what we want as parents to have our kids have healthy relationships? I mean, that's certainly what I, I want my kids to yeah. have. Yeah. No, it's one of the, it's one of the number one things that parents tell me. Yeah, it's um, also what they, parents worry so, about. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about how we can help our kids have healthy, warm, and loving relationships. And what can we do as parents? So I, I think back to this idea of raising an independent child is important. Um, and by independence, I mean confidence, and I mean um, being able to bounce back from challenges. So, you know, knowing your child better and helping them understand themselves, I think makes them a better partner. Um, it also makes you better on the playground. If you are not feeling self-conscious about a learning issue, you're not anxious, you're not, or you understand what those are, you're much more likely to reach out to someone. So it's really interesting about what you've said all along from the beginning here is that when a person is autonomous, independent, self-contained, confident, they're more able to have a loving, warm relationship than anything else. Yep. I think so. That might be my no, bias. No, no, that, that's, but, no, no, actually, but that's it, what all you the know, research shows, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, yes, because when, when relationships get, get messy and in a bad way, um, not in that kind of fun way, when but you in that, lose yes, it's, it's when you start to get enmeshed or when you yeah. start to put your own values on that person, whether it's your mother, your child, your partner. So My parents never voted the same ever until uh, Reagan, I think, where they both voted against Reagan, which doesn't matter, but the point is that they never voted the same. My dad voted for Nixon, my mom voted for McGovern. This was just something they understood about each other. I don't hear that story so often these days. Mm -hmm. So as much as we're saying this, I know. Um, there is this always this kind of tug back towards enmeshment, which might be something. Enmeshment meaning? Like losing where you end and they begin. Okay. So now it's that time in the show. Wait, I, got, I just but, have to share one quick story. Uh, Valentine's Day when I was in high school, incredibly sad every year because they would deliver those carnations that, that would make money. For, I don't know if your school did this for the student council. Yeah. So you would like, yeah. so every year they would show up and I'd get maybe one, other kids would get 10. What grade, what grade is so this? So this is 11th and 12th grade. So I would always joke, oh, they must have lost all mine. My freshman year of college, there was a dozen carnations on my bed on Valentine's Day from Whoa. the girl who sat behind me in my AP English class who said, I remembered that joke, left me a little note. <laughs> we didn't go to the same college at all. She had ordered them and left them on the bed. Wow, how cool. Um, just, just to be sweet, just to be nice. That's very so, nice. So it's good Valentine's Day. So now it's time for Monumental Mental Health Myths. And that's the time that we kind of answer a question that someone has raised which is a huge myth. But that people largely believe. It's not Oh him. no! He always tips over. He always tips over. Herman, stay put. You want me? Okay, I'll read this one. Um, <laughs> this is what we're talking about. There is that one perfect match for all of us. Soulmate. There's the soulmate. There's only one. That's it. Is Am I supposed to answer that? Is it a myth? Of course it's a myth. I mean, there's a lot of oysters in that stew. No, I mean, it, the point is, is that... <laughs> I haven't heard that. <laughs> there are a lot of fish in the sea? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Oysters in the stew. <laughs> Maybe I just made just, that one up. Yeah, I'm just going to decide you did. 
Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's because my daughter likes oysters. I, I, I can't. Anyway, it's just not true. I mean, you know, there are so many different people that anyone could connect with and have an attachment with and have a relationship with. There's not just one person that you're destined. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of like, reminds me of, uh, of, of, you know, Walt Disney. I mean, you know, Walt Disney has these stereotypes, okay? And one stereotype is the wicked, speaking about men versus women, there's always this kind of like nasty, wicked stepmother. Yeah, it's just horrible. Um, uh, on the other hand, there's also the myth that Disney movies tend to put out that, you know, you're Prince Charming or you're Sleeping Beauty well, or whatever. It's not just Disney. I mean, that's, that's, that's as old as stories. Yeah. But it's just not true. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not true. And, and, and it's been shown over and over again that there are a number of people that you could actually make a relationship with. One thing is that relationships do take work. And it's not. And the other part of that myth is, is that there's one person that's a perfect fit for you, and you basically don't have to do anything other than just meet that person and then just go off into the sunset. But relationships really take work, and everyone is going to take a different kind of work. So there are a lot of different possibilities, but each one is going to take a different kind of work. So I would say what's wrong with that myth is that it it even gives us the idea, like you were saying, that there is one person. But you know, for some people. One person is can be consistent in their life, but in a successful relationship, that one person does not meet every need, and it's it's nearly oh. impossible to have a relationship with anyone who meets all your needs. And in a well-adjusted person, they have their spouse for these types types of in needs. The they have the yes, they have you know relationships with their pets for a different kind of need, their children, their friends. friends. And not every friend is perfect in every situation. And I think thinking about relationships, we have to think about what's our sort of bookshelf of relationship looks That's look like, really as opposed to that one special volume that, that explains all the secrets of life. Romeo thought there was nobody other than Rosalind for one page of the play. <laughs> and then there was <laughs> Juliet, right? So. These things you change. always go to oh, Shakespeare. Right. Can't help it. Okay, so can I have mine in, 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 yeah, in, in, in iambic pen? Cheers. This is for me? Oh, man. He fell again. All right. We got to, we got to, here. You know what? Okay. <laughs> All right. It's bad to go to bed angry in a relationship. I don't know what that means. Well, it's, you know, I've heard people say that. Like, have you? Don't, it's bad go to go to bed. bed. Oh, in other words, so you have to you make have up to before you, the you have to settle before, before you go, go to sleep. Okay, so here's the myth. If it is a myth, it's bad to go to bed angry in a relationship. So it's actually been studied. I think I'm, it has been studied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you need a study, but it's been studied. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you are not going to work. You're not going to bed saying. I'm done with you as my partner, you're saying, we're going to have to talk about this tomorrow morning when I've had more sleep. That's a really different thing. I'm still pissed off at you. I'm still angry. But I'm going to go to bed right now, and then we'll talk about it tomorrow. I also think it, it kind of speaks to that letting something fester too long. It's a, if you kind of look at it more as a metaphor than a literal sort of thing, letting something fester too long is never a good thing. 
But, but so, you know, not, leaving but, it for the next day or the day after that. And so that's it, true. Is, 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 a, is a good thing or is not is a good not thing? a good thing. I mean, leaving something, you know, not dealing with it at the time. Right. So that it if needs there's something be, in the room, so people often I think that's what that's saying. Means. Right. Right. People yeah. often interpret it literally. Literally. And, yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. But you're you're right. If there is something that's causing resentment, it's got to be brought up, and that doesn't just have to do with spouses. It has you to do with your kids, yes. with your parents. You can't let it go on too yeah. long, yeah. because sometimes it'll, it'll never get resolved. Right. No, it'll become the thing that's not talked about. Right. And we know f that for sure that that's never a good coping mechanism, to be upset or angry about something and just leave it there. And then it breeds resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And thanks a lot for listening. And please uh, send us some comments, questions, other, other shows or topics you'd like to, to hear about. I'm Gene Bresson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. And I'm Ellen Broughton. Bye-bye. See you next time. Mm -hmm.